Community creation is something that fascinates me. As a real estate agent, I'm always at the, the wrong end of this, of course. But there is one real estate agent out there that's flipped that on its head. Ben Walker started his uh, real estate career after running a cafe and had found that the interpersonal skills that he developed in hospitality were easily transferable into real estate, which led to early days of success for him. Very fortunately for him, he found himself in an agency that also dealt a lot with development properties. And an opportunity soon arose for Ben to become involved in a master plan development. Master plan development is normally broad acre development that uh, is being developed into residential property. It takes a great deal of imagination and skill in order to curate a community out of nothing. That's really where Ben is now, and it's certainly an area of his passion, and you hear it in his voice as we go through this interview, and as he shares his insights into how uh, he and his team have developed a thriving community at Newnham, just outside of Mount Barker, which is about 30 kilometres out from Adelaide in the Adelaide Hills. So tune in to listen to Ben's perspectives, hear his journey, see how he got his start in real estate and how that's evolved into the role that he enjoys now. Without further ado, I give you Ben Walker. Welcome to the Property Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. And joining me now is Ben Walker. Ben, thanks so much for joining me. No worries, Dave. So, so Ben, um, perhaps if you just start off, give us your origin story, what led you to get interested in real estate, what got you to real estate, and uh, and now the journey that you're on. Yeah, perfect. Um, so my interest in real estate started well, way back when I was a teenager, um, something I always wanted to do. Um, in terms of a, a salesperson, a real estate salesperson, you had that in mind? That's correct, yeah, as, as far as sales. Okay. Um, I, I still remember being, yeah, back in, uh, I think it was grade nine in school, um, just chatting to a few, um, sort of another local agent in, in the town I was living in at the time, and yeah, his advice was, yeah, I think you'd be, you know, you seem like you'd be good at it, uh, obviously <laughs> you're only 15 or whatever, but uh, go away and get some life experience and, uh, and come back and do it. So that's well. So, um, so that led me to. So really early on, you you had this interest, and, and what a great um, conversation by way of confirmation for you at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was always something I think I was um, destined to to get in and give give a crack. Um, but, um, but yeah, following that, uh, I uh, knew a local agent here in Mount Barker uh, personally. And a uh, job vacancy came up uh, after running my own business, um, and that uh, sold, sold that business. And he, uh, yeah, we sat down, and before you know, I had a, had a job in real estate sales back in, oh, I think that was twenty fourteen, about six years ago. Great. And and how did you find the early days of real estate? Uh, I, I was yeah, super enjoyable. Um, had a really good team that I worked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really, really supportive. Um, well, of an agent in startup time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as uh, 
providing expertise, but uh, also you know, let, letting you cut your teeth on a few of a few of their listings as well, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, very trusting uh, to be able to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, helping yeah, just really sitting in the background and helping you develop um, your own business as well, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you, you've joined a, a prominent local uh, business and, and you already had a contact within that business. It, did, and it f- seems like it felt like a, a very natural fit for you after having ha- uh, harboured this aspiration for some time to get into real estate. Most people would describe their early days in real estate as super challenging. You're, you're describing it as enjoyable. Um, that obviously had a lot to do with the support and those people that are around you in the early days. It did, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the team there, were um, that support was fantastic. Um, but also coming from a good local um, presence as well. So I knew a lot of people in the local community, um, whether that be through, uh, um, you know, kids' school or, uh, or running my business. Um, what that meant was that uh, stepping into real estate, I had en- enough people that knew me and knew what I was, I was now up to that uh, that sort of that led me to um, yeah starting a, a, a career with with some some you know I suppose uh, people to talk to about real estate from from day one mm-hmm. um, people that already trusted me um, as a person yeah um, and what, so what, that, what was your previous business. I had a cafe uh, right. in, uh, in Mount Barker, a local cafe. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it, uh, hospitality is such a great breeding ground, isn't it, for real estate? I think a lot of that skill yeah. set's instantaneously transferable. Absolutely. Uh, you know, really customer service um, is the key to hospitality. Um, you know, quite often people are, are there not so much for the food or the coffee but more for the interaction, whether mm-hmm. it be with their friends and family they're meeting or they're there by themselves. So a chat with, with the local cafe owner is, uh, is a, an integral part of their day or week or, or, or month and uh, making them feel like you were uh, – well, I was. I was generally interested. And, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, what, six, almost seven years ago now that I sold that business and mm-hmm. I still catch up with – people customers from that business um almost on a weekly basis Hmm. um which um which yeah led to a great sort of start to a real estate career yeah i was just about to ask so it it, it, and it looked but you've already answered it it seems like a lot of those people um who liked you on the the cafe owner level that was easily transferred over into your new field because do you, do you think that had something to do with the, the personal brand and relationships that you build up and that you had that uh, a crass word for it but that brand equity that was easily transferable into another service industry oh absolutely yeah, yeah so they they really um so that cafe was um yeah, they knew that that was my my little baby. Yeah, um, and uh, and that I I really you know appreciated their um, business and patronage and, and friendship, and um, they yeah transferring that across to uh, to a real estate career. They they knew that they, they had a trusted friend, no matter the industry. Um, they had somebody that that was still felt like was in on their side mm. um, through that and uh, yeah absolutely transferable through to real estate 
there's there's skills in real estate that you can you can learn um, over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some stuff that I believe uh, you know it is you know already baked in com- com- comes naturally, but also is earned over time. Yeah, uh, with those people and and you know that comes down to to, to trust and um, all that sort of stuff as well. Um, definitely. Uh, you, you've got to earn that. Um, the other skills can come with with time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I guess that, that had, had a lot of people that were really uh, were willing to put their trust in me as a person mm-hmm. uh, to go into that career. So, so you, 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 you're getting the mums and dads businesses, but then the agency that you're working for at the time uh, also did a lot of development work and you started to cut your teeth in, in that field. Yeah, that's right. So a few years into residential uh, sales, residential and rural sales, um, I went to a slight different uh, side of it and went and sold um, land through a land development, mm-hmm. um, quite, a, quite a large development of about 750 blocks. Yeah. Um, with So basically uh, no, stopping any sort of... Uh, I was still doing a few residential sales here and there, but my main focus then was was selling the community um, where I'll, uh, the blocks of land where I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So very yeah, slightly slightly different to uh, selling an established house, uh, especially when there's there's nothing on the ground. When I first started, there was no roads, <laughs> um, no roads, no houses, no street lights, no footpaths. It was. Uh, it was a, an empty paddock that was uh, being transformed into a community, and uh, yeah, I was there selling selling that from from the start. Kind of makes it feel like your baby a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so um, and and we're leaning into it. So uh, so basically, you've graduated through that cycle of being a a, a, a mums and dads real estate agent. You've leveraged um, very fortunately your personal brand um, from the cafe into your early days of real estate. You're doing well. Uh, the agency's taking on uh, developments and you're getting exposed to that. And um, and it's a, it's a very different world. Um, so it's a real change of gear. So initially you were, you were just selling the land in that development, but over time you, you're finding that um, uh, your business acumen, um, your, your expertise from um, from your experience within real estate and also just offering a bit of an outsider perspective started to pay dividends uh, in your work on that particular development. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, I had a, had a real interest in, beyond the sales of, of the allotments, um, I had a real interest in what went into creating um a block of land as far as um, process and what's involved, mm-hmm. um, everything that needs to be done prior to somebody coming along and buying it. So that right down through the roads and foot bars and street lights and all that sort of stuff. Um, it had a real interest in, in how that process went. Hmm. 
And that's kind of where your path diverges from most uh, career real estate agents. So now you're kind of, you've got a, a foot in both worlds where you've got that retail real estate aspect where you've now got, uh, I guess, stock to sell. You've got blocks of land there that you release and sell. But now you're kind of more intricately involved in uh, the placemaking, the marketing, the um, the streetscaping, and, um, and I, I guess you'd call it community creation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. So, um, working with a with a great uh, team of people um, to yeah do do all of that. So everything from yeah place making, marketing, um, and production of of blocks of land. It's um yeah it, it was a it was a, a natural shift for me from being you know selling the uh, the community to the end user. To sort of stepping to the front of that process. Hmm. Okay. So uh, perhaps if you uh, want to um, colour things in a little bit, so um, if you'd like to talk about Newnham, perhaps, and um, I mean at seven uh, seven hundred allotments, that's almost the size of a suburb, or, or larger than some suburbs. So this is a, a really significant development. And for those people that might be listening interstate and overseas, um, can you perhaps paint a picture as to uh, what uh, Newnham's like? Of course, they can always jump onto the website and have a look, and perhaps you can guide us there. Uh, as well, but um, what, what does that development look like, and um, and how is it different to uh, the other developments that are taking place nearby? Sure. So, Newnham is a master planned community. So, everything uh, that, that people will need for for a growing, thriving, uh, flourishing community. So, we've uh, not only blocks of land for people to buy and, and build a house, but uh, some some lovely natural wide open spaces for you know the kids to, to run, dogs to play, um, and then we've got other facilities coming as well. So we've got a retail area which will uh, hopefully our first uh, convenience uh, area store will be up and running within the next sort of six months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a full uh, a private school coming. Uh, full year levels from reception right through to, to year 12, um, catering for about 1,200 students longer mm-hmm. term. Yeah. Um, and that is due to, to open in roughly 2022, 2023, yeah. um, which is pretty exciting. Um, mm. We've got a community or New Autumn Farm, which mm-hmm. is a, a new prospect for us. We're just working through uh, planning of that at the moment as, as to what, what that looks like. Right, okay. Um, and so this yeah, is an no, extension of, of the... A number of facilities that... Is that an extension, Newnham Farm? Yes. Yeah, so the... Sorry, it's mate. Really, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's within, within the residential development. So there's mm-hmm. a, a nine hectares of Newnham mm-hmm. that is dedicated to, to a farm. Um, yeah. Produce will be grown there. Um, it's, it's, we're looking at, at, a, at a number of different uh, facets uh, at the moment, which we're in planning stages of. But the important bit is that uh, there are nine hectares there dedicated to this, mm-hmm. um, which we're uh, yeah looking forward to, to watching that um, grow into into the Newham Farm over the years. Mm-hmm. The, the initial stages of that we're hoping will be on the ground. Within the next few months, we're just uh, planning some final details of that now. Mm-hmm. The the big part of that is really that there's some local 
produce or produce grown within the Newham area mm-hmm. uh, available to the community. Yeah, um, yeah, that real uh, paddock to, to plate um, mentality of, of food. Yeah, um, yeah, reducing food miles, making sure that there's still production within an area that used to be farmed. Yeah, um, but then also employing some good farming practices as well, some regenerative um, soil um, practices as well. So and doing so, something that so, is better for the, the farm than what was already there. And will this um uh, would this be managed by the developer in the long term, or is this uh, how how do you how, what type of management structure would be a, around this um, communal farm space within the estate? Very good question. <laughs> Stuff that we're uh, that we're working through with at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's there's obviously uh, those sort of uh, questions to be asked and, and, and answered over time. Yeah. Well, what a fantastic um, concept, well, what though. What I do know is that we're in, in the plan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the biggest uh, issue that people have with greenfield development sites is that there is quite often a paddock that used to be farmed at some point mm-hmm. that is now um, a sea of houses. Yeah. Uh, so that that is one thing that we want to change with Newham, break the mould, Um of what a residential development uh, looks like when it sits in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody uh, has the opportunity to take a drive uh, through Mount Barker and go go through Newham, they, they will see Newham sits very well into uh, moulds into the natural environment that's there. Mm. Um, some of that comes down to housing stock, um, but... Uh, you know, the, the natural you know, Western Flat Creek that runs through it, uh, the retention of what's well, 98% of the um, existing trees that run on so, yeah. um, and planting hundreds more. I think we're, we're up to, uh, well, goodness knows how many trees and, and plants at the moment, uh, some real abundance uh, of landscaping through there, mm-hmm. natural wetlands coming and stuff as well. So it, it does feel like this housing development has always been there yeah. and will do um, as it fits in with, with the natural landscape. And a lot of that then will come down to making sure there's still some farming activities, there's still places for, for families to to walk and, and you know, kick a ball with the kids, that sort of thing. Yeah, so it's um, yeah, it, it very much is very uh, aesthetically sympathetic to it, the landscape, and um, and and does blend in just as you've suggested. And um, there's obviously a great deal of thought and planning that goes into um, making sure that in the physical that remains the case. And uh, I know you, your team's been working really hard on it. And so Mount Barker is about would, uh, would you say thirty kilometres out from the CBD of Adelaide? Yeah, roughly about that. Yeah, yeah. and um, and you um, and just, you, o- just over a half an hour drive. Yep. Yeah, so about half an hour, and and I guess a, a, a lot of Mount Barker has been opened up over the last um, ten or fifteen years since the uh, since the tunnel's been opened. So it's just a it's a Mount Barker's a, a, a old Adelaide Hills township that's um, 
um, well, I, I guess unrecognisable now to maybe 30 years ago. It's uh, really expanded uh, on all fronts. And within that very urban sprawl, uh, Newnham presents as a stark contrast to perhaps those developments around it where um, it is, as mentioned before, much more sympathetic and has been uh, to its surroundings and has been um, planned to remain that way uh, um, over time as the estate fills with um, with housing. And so with when you're now thinking about the solar housing that um, uh, goes into this estate, so do you, when you've got an estate like you have, do you have restrictions in place in terms of density? Um, do you have certain allotments where you want a, a certain style of home being built because it's a, a either a landmark location or it best takes advantage of the disposition? And, and how do you manage that in terms of balancing that with the sales process and ensuring that you're getting the right buyers for those allotments? Yeah, absolutely. So most estates um, nowadays will have um, an encumbrance process, um, so you know a set of set of guidelines that uh, are to be adhered to uh, to build in in the estate. Um, at Newham, we take that a little bit further, um, not so much in an onerous way, but in a, a collaborative way with with purchases of, of the land in there with the residents. Uh, so we've actually uh, got somebody employed within our team as a design manager. Mm-hmm. So their role is is to work with people throughout that uh, that buying and building process, um, so that we you know it, we approve homes that are that are coming into New Orleans to make sure that they meet our guidelines, but but also to help help the the buyers get the best possible outcome for. For their particular allotment as well, um, some of that comes down to orientation of the home, and uh, and you know, might might be just making sure that they take advantage of the reserve that's next to them rather than turning away from it or something along those lines. Yeah, they're, they're, but uh, they're, it it definitely melds with the sales process. So the sales um, and design encumbrance process is really one process and right. flows between the two mm-hmm. uh, so that people know from early on what what we expect but also we can give them some help and advice through the process as well so as most a, of the blocks sorry as a perspective most of the blocks in new are, sorry no you go for it mate i was just going to say most of the blocks in new are larger mm-hmm. uh, we don't have too many smaller allotments our average size through the Newham development so far is about 750 square metres. Mm-hmm. So we are dealing with, with larger homes, big, bigger backyards. So that in itself um, lends to a particular, you know, larger family home. Mm. Um, so we're, we're, we're not dealing with too many, you know, smaller boundary allotment builds, stuff that, that gets a bit tight and... Uh, Squished in, I suppose, is, is a way to put it. Yeah. Um, it gives people more options to, to move around in the allotment a bit as they need to. And that seems in stark contrast to those estates that surround you and certainly what's been the modus operandi of developers over the last 20 or so years where um, they've sought to get almost as much density as possible out of uh, their respective developments. So uh, this is really counterintuitive for, for a developer to do this. And and so was there's obviously been a, an educated, well, a, a, um, I should say, a, a, an educated determination that people 
are now seeking that extra bit of land. They want a more natural environment. They they want to feel part of a self-sustaining community and are prepared to uh, pay the premium necessary to still make that viable. Um, because it would be much easier to subdivide this maybe even threefold. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So our um, average size allotment is about double the average size being developed across the area. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we could we could produce double the amount of the allotments. Mm. Um, what the market research did show early on was, in fact, exactly what you just said, that there was a real um, desire in the market for larger allotments mm -hmm. um, and for that 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 you know, a little bit more sort of, of a natural environment mm. um, with those those natural open spaces. So absolutely it was, you know, some, when you see it in, in some market research, it, it still takes, um, it's still pretty bold to go and go against the grain, I suppose, a little bit. But uh, so far it's been well received in the market. Uh, like you said, people are willing to pay a little bit more of a premium to get, to get that. Yeah. Um, well, I think this is a this podcast is a great little lesson to um, any developers that are looking to, uh, I guess, come about a project that's um, uh, that's a little bit larger than usual. Um, in that they've got a real opportunity to reimagine um, the the lived experience, and if they can create a contrast between what they're um, what they're doing and what's been done over recent times, then they've got an instant marketable point of difference. Um, now, what type of demographic do you uh, are you attracting? Um, is it families? Um, are, are you not getting as many older people because of the allotment size? So, what, what, who's buying uh, and, and building on these uh, allotments? Sure, uh, it is it is very diverse. Okay. Um, you know, when when you're creating um, a community, I mean, it, communities need to be diverse for them to work. Um, you can't have just the one one demographic, um, otherwise that 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 won't work. So we do have a, a vast array of ages and backgrounds in our um, estate, which is good. And is that catered Not for in the housing style? Buyers. Is that is that catered I for think in a little yeah. bit? Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, so not as many first home buyers as you would ex see in other areas, and quite a, that that really just comes from a, a starting price point with a larger allotment. Yeah, so that does does unfortunately eliminate some on the on the very lower end of the first home buyer scale. However, we do have we still have first home buyers in our estate. Yeah, um, but they're probably maybe a young family or a young couple with two incomes or the likes. Um, so we've got everything from that age group right up through, surprisingly, um, older, you know, more of the um, newly retired generation, I suppose, is, mm. is where you'd put it um, in there. Some of those are downsizing from, you know, whether it be a farm out in the, I don't know, We've got some people from uh, down towards Watertown mm -hmm. uh, coming off a, a large farm. So they've come down to uh, almost 2,000 square metres, almost half an acre. Yeah. Um, Which you... But for them, that's quite that's a, a downsize. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and they, they didn't want to go down to, uh, to a little townhouse or an apartment or the likes. They still wanted some space around them. Yeah. And uh, we do – so we do have that – 
retired demographic that still are willing and able to look after a, a larger garden, but they are downsizing a bit from what they've come to. Yeah, and not and, and aren't necessarily uh, aren't necessarily stereotypical older people in that respect either. So uh, that that's always interesting for the mix. Yeah, yeah. So it's a real a real difference in demographic there. We get the upsizes, the downsizes, but uh, generally it's people that are wanting. Uh, wanting the larger allotments um, that they just they, they struggle to find. And, and uh, is it a, are you attracting new people to the town, or is it mostly inner migration people coming from the town out of there, maybe high dense, uh, high density estate, and uh, looking to uh, um, spread their wings a little bit? Yeah, that's a, that's a good good question. Actually, we we were probably uh, uh, surprised to see that there's quite a few locals. Uh, from the area that uh, that are upsizing mm-hmm. uh, within within the area, so that uh, at last check, I, I, I think the, this, our stats were about fifty percent were from the Adelaide Hills already. Wow. Um, that were that were just upsizing or downsizing within within the hills to Newham. Yep. Um, and then we had about forty percent of our buyers that were from the Adelaide uh, Adelaide region. Mm-hmm. So coming from the flats to the hills, yeah, uh, and again looking for something that they couldn't find necessarily down in town, and then surprisingly about ten percent uh, were from interstate. Uh, so we had some from from Melbourne, Sydney, uh, Cairns, even as far as Cairns. Um, hmm. So yeah, it, it, it's it's a quite a diverse group, but um, we were quite surprised at how many locals were we're taking up um, allotments in Newham. Yeah, well, I've actually been surprised to the extent that I've heard about it in my marketplace. As a, it certainly pops up on the radar of um, young couples that are perhaps uh, uh, felt like they uh, the suburbs are now encroaching on them or their family's getting a little bit larger or they're uh, just looking to move away from the flat and maybe um, uh, experience that hills life because there's a lot about that that's attractive as well. So uh, a lot of people looking to um, make the move up the hill and uh, and start again. And and I guess your estate in particular is one where people get the, the, the perfect balance between that kind of country lifestyle and all the conveniences of the suburbs. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, having, having those conveniences on your doorstep but still, still having that that space and and feeling of a, a little bit more of a, a country lifestyle is um, is pretty rare, um, and I think uh, I think is captured uh, fairly well at Newham. Mm. Um, a lot of that country lifestyle does come down to the community, mm. and you know you, you see it in country towns. People wave to each other all the time as they drive past or walk past each other, stop in the street and say hi. We have a real sense of that within the Newham community, which is fantastic. I mean, that's something that, as a developer, we can try and put some measures in place or try and paint a picture from day one as to what we would like that to be. Um, and we, we have done some, some things to, you know, guide people to, to gather together. Um, yeah, what it's a- really been something that's been quite organic, Um and something that uh, we've we've been really excited to see grow, and uh, yeah. So we, as far as community, uh, we started doing some some events um, for our residents, so mm-hmm. that they could they could have a bit of a meet and greet, but also some wider community events at 
New Autumn in, in our sort of sales and information um, precinct there. We've got a few acres there which we use for these uh, events. So some of them have been just for people that have, have purchased in Newham, but the wider community events have been fantastic. So there's no expectation that when people come there that they are interested in buying land, mm. that they just come along and have, you know, a, a good afternoon, whatever that might be. Um, and, you know, the residents then mix with people from the community mm. outside of Newham. Yeah, and you're offering uh, them a little... a recent example... Little taste of yeah. Recent example, we had um, uh, an event called Feel Good Friday. We usually run over summer, um, once a month over summer, and that's you know a mixture of some market stalls, um, some food food truck style uh, food, some some live music, you know, then people selling some beer, some wine. A really good Friday night event for people of the local wider community to just come and sit down on a picnic rug have a glass of wine, maybe a cheese platter and experience a little bit of what Newnham is without, without having to live there. Um, and how and many that, people would really turn up? People. How many people would turn up to an event like that? Uh, I think most of us, you know, we, we might average about 300 people, something like that. Incredible. And, and what type of build-up do, yeah. you, do you have and, and how do you reach out to the community to make an event like that happen? Yeah, so that um, a lot of that would come through um, our marketing channels. So we've got a, a Facebook page that people um, can go and um, go and like. Mm. Uh, we always put uh, put those sort of events out on on our social media, whether it's Facebook or, or Instagram. Uh, we do some local advertisement in the paper mm-hmm. and some signage around the area, but a lot of it comes from referral from people that have been to events at Newham in the past yeah. or the the businesses that are going to be there on that day so you know, if it's the if it's the local wine wine producer that's going to be there on that day they'll then put that out through their social channels as well and they become ambassadors um, and it grows yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Awesome. like i said it's not us necessarily trying to sell land um, on the day it's just a, a nice community event that people can come to and uh, experience a little bit of the local community, um, local produce and Newnham. And, and once again, it's, a, it's in stark contrast to perhaps how um, land is being sold traditionally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a lot of estates over the years have tried to create uh, a community. They've tried some events like that. Um, you've, got to, you, you've got to attract the, the core group of people living within your estate to be like-minded community people for a start. But mm. we, we go a, a little bit above and beyond what, you know, just chucking an event together with a free sausage sizzle. Um, mm. it's, there's a lot more involved to that. And people can see our genuine desire for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and and we, we, as a team, we live and breathe that every day. Every decision we make on site is... Um, is weighted against what that's like for for the community of Newham, um, not just a commercial decision. It's, um, so it's really sort of yeah, it's really turning that on its head mm. as to how it would uh, traditionally run. 
it's really compassionate community creation, really empathising with those people that you that are already part of your community, whilst attracting or, or attempting to attract like-minded people and creating the the right spaces and the, and and the right type of events and and the, and establishing the right lines of communication so that those people are engaged with you and and uh, remain so. I mean, this project is going to go on for some years yet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're. I think about 120 blocks sold of 750. So as a developer, we'll be around for a while. Yeah. Um, So it's really important that that we do the right things now um, for that long term. But, yeah, I mean, we might have another, I don't know, 10 years or so to go. Mm. Well, and and um, and I I think that'd be somewhat comforting for those people that have already invested. They'd love to see the, the that community spirit uh, steered in the early days, and then um, I, I think when you'll get to a point where it just becomes entrenched, and that's going to be the the standard by which the community is going to want to uh, abide by and live by. Absolutely, and we've already got that now. We've got the. The, the community wanting to, to run and, and own some of their own events as well. Brilliant. Um, we recently had the community get together and organise their own bus and wine tour, hmm. um, which was fantastic. There was about just over 40 people um, that hopped on a bus one Saturday. It was, in fact, one of our residents that drove the bus. <laughs> um, and they, they, they went out and had lunch together and... Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that's that's almost half our community that's there at the moment, all sitting on a bus together going, this was obviously before COVID-19, <laughs> going, going out and uh, enjoying lunch and some wine tasting together on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. Um, I can't think of another community <laughs> where that's happening at the moment organically like that. Uh, it's fantastic to see. Mate, it's a, it's a real credit to you and the team uh, who've done a, a wonderful job of, of uh, establishing that and, um, and it's wonderful to see it all take root and hold. Um, mate, you did touch on COVID-19 and I, um, uh, we're right in the midst of it all at the moment, um, so it'd be remiss of me not to ask, how, how are you dealing with it and how's it changed how you're working at the moment? Yeah, good question. So um, obviously as... as most people are doing working from home as much as they can to to sort of limit uh, contact um, from a from a site point of view. Uh, everything's still moving forward. They're still builders on site, building their own or building uh, clients' homes. That's sort of, you know something that's a little bit of out, out of our control anyway. But yeah. uh, civil con- civil construction is still well underway. Uh, Where we've got three um, three stages on under construction at the moment actually which mm. is pretty exciting yeah. um, so lots of lots of new allotments coming up for people mm-hmm. uh, to purchase uh, so we've, we've got about 60 allotments under construction at, at this point in time uh, so we're still very much open for business very much moving forward uh, what it does mean is that our sales center is a little bit quieter uh, with you know the advice for people to, to mm. stay home or or isolate as much as possible, uh, but we're still doing stuff by appointment, so people can still contact our sales um, line yeah. and uh, get in touch with us. They can even go onto our website um, and book a site tour. Mm-hmm. So we're still still doing that, um, much the same as as yourself in in real estate. You can still do uh, private inspections rather than open inspections. Mm-hmm. It just means that, that people can book a time that suits them and will be available to do so. Um, 
so, but yeah, very much open for business. Very much, uh, we still got we still got stuff to, to sell, and we're still creating more. Um, so things are things are still very positive for us, which is good. So things haven't slowed down at Newnham. And if people do want to know more about Newnham Estate and uh, the the wonderful lifestyle you guys are creating for people up there, how can they do that? Sure. Yep. So they can get onto our website, so newnham.com.au. It's always a great starting point. They can find out a little bit about the community, some news, what's happening around the place. That's got all of our latest allotment releases on there as well. You can find Marie, uh, her details on there. Marie's our salesperson. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's lovely. Um, people are more than welcome to give her a call and have a chat. She's always got a phone on. Um, her number is 429 107497 um, but they can find that on the website as well um, people um, absolutely can jump on our Facebook page and uh, we've always got loads of information on there a lot of stuff on our Facebook page is even outside of Newham as well so mm-hmm. what you might do in the Adelaide Hills uh, just some useful information on that that side of things as well mm-hmm. um, yeah Fantastic, Ben. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast once again. It was great to get a different perspective. Um, there's, I know there's a, a lot of real estate agents around the world who um, do tune into the podcast. And for them, I, I think um, your story is one that, um, uh, one that can, well, one that diverged from where most real estate agents are in their residential business and offers, an, uh, I guess, an insight um, or a window into what other opportunities might be uh, there in the areas of their passion that are still related to real estate, and um, and you're you're certainly a shining example of that, mate. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's just a different side of the property market. It's still still real estate, um, and it's still still property. Uh, it's just, I suppose, seeing where, how things are created and, and being a part of the early stages of it, um, ready for the end user at the other side. Wonderful, mate. Well, thanks so much again for sharing your story and a little bit about the Newnham Estate today, and uh, I'll look forward to chatting with you soon. No worries. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Ben. The Property Pulse podcast is designed for anybody who's dealing in real estate, whether you're buying or selling, expanding upon your portfolio, or perhaps you're a real estate agent and you're just looking for helpful hints and tips that will accelerate your success in real estate, well, I hope you found a home on the podcast. And if you have, please subscribe to stay tuned to all new episodes as they become available. 